Are you looking for new, creative ways to help you get your head straight? It's not your fault when you're struggling to relax or confidence is holding you back. You just haven't learned the best tools to deal with your situation. Open Forwards helps you break the vicious cycles that are making you unhappy. Head on over to www.openforwards.com and check out our online courses, expert guides, free articles and specialist psychotherapy to help you work, love, play and feel better. That's www.openforwards.com podcast where we discuss mental health, well-being, relationships, parenting, work and point you in the direction of useful self-help tools that you can put to use in your own life. I'm your host Jim Lucas. Today we're going to be talking about taking control of your own health. The Department of Health tells us that 15 million people in the UK suffer with a long-term condition. Long-term conditions or chronic diseases are conditions for which there is currently no cure and they're managed with mixed success with medications and other treatments. Now human beings have been evolving for thousands of years of course and in some ways we've accomplished a lot. People live much longer than they used to. But on the other hand people also live with disabilities for many years and we aren't especially effective yet at reducing these disabilities within people's lifetimes. So what do you do when you can't find an easy fix? Today I talk with Sarah Reese, and Sarah Reese has got some interesting ideas. She's a CBT therapist with a private practice in Wilmslow in Cheshire. And in a recent conversation, Sarah and I spoke about her own experiences of long-term ill health and what she did to transform the effects it had on her life. And today I'd like to welcome Sarah Reese to the show. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. First day back after the summer break, so... Yes, just getting back into your stride. Yes, I am, yes. <laughs> too. Um, thanks for joining me today on the show. Pleasure. Um, so let's kick off. I'd like to begin with asking you what's an example of a self-help tool that you've put to work in your own life okay it's something that's developed over the last few years and it's been journaling and obviously I'm a, a mental health nurse and CBT therapist so I've accessed to lots of kind of self-help strategies so that and journaling hasn't been one of them before but it came about um, when I hit 40 a few years ago now, unfortunately, um, and I became quite unwell with a, um, an underactive thyroid. Um, and that's a condition that's, um, that kind of creeps up on you. So you don't know you have it for a while. And then, you know, as I headed towards 40 and thought I'll be fab and fabulous at 40, I started to get very fat and grumpy and frumpy. And um, so I had some tests done. 
and with the NHS and there's a very clear kind of treatment path within the NHS which is kind of a, a one-stop shop of a, some medication called thyroxine and then your blood levels return to normal your thyroid function returns to normal and, and all should be well um, but unfortunately that didn't happen for me and it doesn't happen for for many people because as in with most areas of healthcare we need really a very holistic approach and individualized approach for um, treatment Mm-hmm. everybody's very different and um and i think these days in kind of health settings we're used to going to health professionals and, and kind of being fixed and that was very much my experience i will i thought i've got a problem that i'll go they'll be fixed and and that just wasn't the case it was quite shocking and i think i got really fed up about it because i you know i was self-employed at the time so being unwell was really worrying because um, i had to carry on earning an income and yeah. um, so after being quite low for some time i thought I, I kind of something had to shift and i had to take responsibility and that's where journaling came in so and it came in from my um experience of a cbt therapist that the first thing we do as therapists is start to look at increase our awareness of the problems and I was literally just moaning I feel awful I just feel awful I couldn't really articulate stuff um, because it's um, a condition that affects your whole system so it does affect lots of different areas so I started I started journaling Um, I started noting down my symptoms how I was feeling and that was kind of my first step to really getting better I really increased my awareness of what's going on I could understand the symptoms more. I could explain them to people around me because people around me just saw me getting overweight and very tired all the time. And and that was, you know, I got a lot more validation for what I was going through. I think I started to be a bit less self-critical. And then with that increase of awareness, I could then start to pick out what I needed. So I could kind of... You know, my biggest things were tiredness and um, I'd I'd put on an awful lot of weight. And so I um, went to a nutritionist at that point um, and started joined a gym and and was able to go back to people and kind of saying, this is what's going on. I had a much clearer um, overview of the patterns that I'd got into, um, which is very similar again to what we do in CBT is in we want to increase people's awareness of the patterns they're in. And we talk about this as well. I talk about it every day of my job, but it was very difficult to apply it to myself, which I think shows how tricky our brains are. And, you know, the, the human mind is a very tricky thing. Mm-hmm. It's very much harder to do for yourself, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. And I think so many people come to therapists and think, you know, you've got it all together. And actually, we're all struggling with the same minds. We're all going through the, the same stuff. And that's absolutely not the case. <laughs> and what challenged in this way, I think, although it was a difficult time, I've learned and what's come out of it, out of it has been really, really valuable. So, so anyway, I was able then, once I was more aware of my symptoms, could articulate them better, I was able to get the right levels of support. And then I was, able, I was still journaling and I could see the improvement. And my background's in nursing, I know lots about healthcare. And 
it really was the basics. If I sleep more, if I exercise, if I was eating right, I felt better, but I needed the evidence. And again, we talk a lot about this in CBT is a lot about finding the evidence. And that's something which, you know, experiencing it, I felt very, found it very powerful that I actually could see the evidence of my improvements. I could look back and see that things were getting so much better. So that's kind of how I started my journaling process. And then because I was doing it, I started recommending it, recommending it a lot more to, to clients in, in sessions. And um, in, in CBT, we get people to do homework in between sessions. And we know that people do much better if they engage in that way. Um, and I got people to kind of reflect on sessions and just go through the journaling process and saw some really kind of good results of people getting the same kind of awareness and clarity over their experiences. And once you have more of an insight into your internal world, you then can be a much better place to articulate what you need and how to care for yourself, really. Um, so it was from those kind of um, insights from working with people that I then went on to um, to work on the CBT journal to kind of get get a bit more of a framework for journaling because um, journaling is very um, fashionable at the moment um, it's very on trend um, but I wanted to give it a little bit more of a framework from my kind of personal and clinical experience really yeah, I mean, it sounds like your personal and your professional experiences have taught you a lot about yeah. the power of journaling and um, and I guess yeah. kind of a useful sort of structure. And, I, and I'm yeah. sitting here thinking probably there's different ways that a person could journal. What do you think you've learned about kind of a, a useful structure or method to the to a type of journaling that people can use um i think like you said everybody's different in in what's going to be useful for them um i for me i would when i started journaling i i looked at um my sleep my diet not being um the levels of exercise i monitored my mood each day my anxiety levels um and that became very useful eventually. I mean, and I'm not talking about going into great detail because one of the things that I, I find is that if it's, if it takes too much time, sometimes it's an easy thing to put off. So for me, it was about making it a task that was very easy to do and quite straightforward, not that time consuming. Right. And, and then just thinking about my thoughts, feelings and behaviors much in the way that we do it in kind of CBT and keeping that section a lot more general. But I think if people are starting to think about would journaling be helpful for them? And sometimes it could be a bit of a bridge before people want to kind of go in into therapy because sometimes it's, it's easier to write than it is to talk as a, as a first step and journaling is a tool that's always available all the time i know that i have some clients that do it on their phone so they use a note section on the phone and that's always there it's always accessible to kind of get emotions and thoughts and feelings kind of out there they're on paper 
Um, other things when I've talked to clients about journaling is I've encouraged them to kind of do it at the same time each day. So often our minds are a bit more clearer in the morning and a bit slower in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's good to do it then or sometimes it's good to do it when you going through a difficult patch or, you know, or in the evenings thing, it's always going to be different for, for everybody. But I suppose it's trying to make it into a habit really of, of when you can do it and keeping it simple. Yeah. That's, that sounds really um, key. What you're describing there, that it simplicity. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think if it, if it becomes a big task, I mean, I suppose it is a task. It is something, you know, often we, we get to these things when we're feeling to, I know I was feeling totally overwhelmed and I didn't want to be doing this. I wanted a quick fix. Um, but sometimes we do have to invest our time. We have to invest in ourselves, don't we? That's part of the process of kind of getting better. And, and I think seeing it like that, that this is for your well-being. it's about, you know, investing in you. There's a lot of research to just say that um, writing things down is is really beneficial for our stress levels and immune systems and things. So, it, you know, just in the act of it is helpful in itself. Mm. It's interesting, I think, to hear you say it came from a difficult personal experience. And mm. I think so many of us kind of innovate new behaviours in the way that we take care of ourselves when we have or are experiencing something that is difficult, something that won't easily be fixed or go away. Yes, yeah, they say that we learn the most from our biggest challenges, don't they? And I think that's very true, although sometimes when you're in those challenges, you kind of, it's, you're often hard pushed to see what the, um, the lesson or the learning is in it, but, you mm. know, can you remember where you got the idea from, Sarah, when you first thought, I, right, I'm going to start to write about this? I think, I think it, was, it, it was from my clinical work, in, increasing awareness, understanding it. It was a, a kind of, I'd looked at going to the GP, so I was going to the GP all the time, just saying I feel horrible, I just feel horrible, couldn't really articulate it. And they'd come to the end of the road, and it was, it was a very much a switch a switch for me saying I'm taking responsibility now I'm going to do something about it um yeah. and people around me were saying I was up up and down and I was like no I'm fine because when you're in it you're just in it you know yeah. but I actually was up and down you know and I think when you're in stuff and it's very much the same with you know depression and anxiety it's really hard to see the wood for the trees it's really tough and I think that's one of the good things about journaling is it gives you clarity and an ob objectivity to your experiences mm. and once you get that I think once I took responsibility of me being very much part of the process rather than being fixed that was a real turning kind of point for me yeah yeah you're taking you said responsibility finding finding something that you can do that's yes. going to help with your own health Yes. Yeah, so then I was in control rather because it felt very much something that was, I felt like my body was broken. I felt very out of control. It was, you know, I'd, I'd never had any health problem before. And I, you know, you hit 40 and that's it. I felt like, oh my God, this is, you know, about two weeks after my 40th birthday, I got a prescription for free prescriptions for the rest of my life. You might as well have handed me an old age 
bus pass. It was awful. So, mm. so this is a long-term condition you're speaking about here. Yes, yes, it is. So it's so I suppose I have had to really change my lifestyle. I you know I was always felt very resilient, and you know never struggled with tiredness. Could work all the hours and go out, and and now I've really had to kind of think well maybe I can't do all that you know and and think about putting into place you know a lot of the the health the self-care strategies that we talk about in our, in our therapies like mindfulness and I do a lot of yoga and I go to the gym and I hated the gym I've got dogs so I thought oh dog walking's fine that's great exercise but I actually know if I go now I love going to the gym and it's part of my lifestyle so the self-care is I think it's had to be a shift in lifestyle that this is, you know, how I probably actually now feel better than I did before. Mm. You know, I, yeah, I know if I do get stressed, I, I can get some symptoms, you know, I, I'd have to have a quieter weekend, which is different for me, but I just have to listen to my body and just be a bit more in tune with my body. And I think that's kind of a good thing. It's uh, you adapted, didn't you? To Yes. To some something that was going on that you sounds like you recognized you needed to adapt to yes eventually I think I was quite resistant to it initially yeah well I think, I think <laughs> we kind of all are aren't we we don't yeah we don't we don't want to kind of change no we don't we don't want to get older we don't want things to change and I think we want to go to the doctors and to be given the tablets I mean it's much like if you go saying you're depressed you'll be given an antidepressant and while I'm very much for medication I think often it's part of the picture there it has to be a holistic approach mm. Mm. looking at every different area of your life and that's that's one thing you've said a couple of times is that when you started to journal it increased an in awareness yes. of certain patterns and you focused on uh, a couple of things that you said were affecting you most, I think, was your sleep and what was, I'm sorry, what was the other thing you mentioned? Um, weight. I was really putting on, on a lot of weight. Yeah. And so you started monitoring those two things. Yes. Yeah. 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 So my, my sleep, I mean, I was sleeping a, an awful lot. Um, and and when you are, when you get a fatigue, the temptation is to, you you try and, you stop, you slow down to get, to get your energy levels up. And actually that just becomes a little bit of a pattern that you do less and less and less. Mm. And what are you doing? You sat in front of the telly eating. When you feel horrible about yourself, you, you go for the comfort stuff. And I think that's our brain's very good at wanting sugar and wanting the things that numb and block. And I think we're, we're built like that. I think it's, it's very automatic but those things keep you locked in a pattern that can be very unhelpful and and make you feel worse and you know and it's kind of just starting to shift it and I think being very self-compassionate is a, a big part of that that it's understandable why we do that and why we manage in this way but you know really being compassionate to yourself and to your experience mm -hmm. So it increased your awareness. It sounds like it drew your attention to what the costs were of, of sort of continuing to try and cope with it in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And then where did it take you next? You said it, 
it's then what started to help you kind of do some things differently was that the next step yes I think once I could um, see things a lot more clearly I could then articulate them better um, I, I knew what I needed I knew what the areas where I could focus on so I could go and get that support and and that help I think I was validated by people around me a lot more because rather than things just happening and me kind of being taken along with um, symptoms, I was, I just felt a lot more in control and, and taken a lot more responsibility for my, my situation and it was easier to get the help and then to, to shift, start to shift things really slowly and seeing it as a lifestyle change, not just if I do this, I'll get better and then I can stop doing it. You know, it was really making the decision to change my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, it sounds incredibly powerful and it sounds like it's been, um, it's transformed things for you personally. Yes. So yeah. I can really understand why you're then sort of um, developing it into in something kind of within your business more. And you mentioned this thing called the CBT Journal Project. Yes. Yes. So I started recommending it to clients and, and, you know, and obviously I'm kind of, you know, it's been great for me. So it, it's easier to kind of talk about it to clients because because it comes from a personal experience and seeing really the same results, the same things. Um, and I think, you know, modern mental health care needs to be very tailored to the individual. I think we need to take more responsibility in terms of our mental health and it needs to be very accessible and um and the most effective strategies need to get out there and and cbt is you know there's a lot of it that we we can do ourselves you know that we have people on very long waiting lists that don't have any tools and you know so it was kind of the cbt journal was kind of i initially thought about doing one for for people session to session and then um and then I thought, no, this could actually be a, a bit broader. So the, the journal that I've developed is in two parts. Um, the first part is about encouraging people to journal about thoughts, feelings, and behaviours every day, rate, mood and anxiety levels. Just make a note if sleep, diet and exercise has been there, if it's okay or not, and, you know, quite in a simple, clear framework. And then the second part of the journal is about um, using the CBT model to um, see how your thoughts, feelings and behaviours interact with each other so that you kind of see the patterns. And then I've, um, I taught people through how to alter difficult thought patterns through using um, thought records, how to process difficult emotions and feelings, how to work through those and how to kind of reflect and look at behaviours that might not be helpful and, um, and move them to more helpful behaviours. So it's kind of in two sections because I thought we could get some kind of some of the CBT tools in there that we will use in our therapy settings. And that actually really clear step by step process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and, and one of my thoughts is it's a kind of a way to see a CBT right for you, is it, you know, it gives you something to do. And we know that, you know, people do best if they're really engaged in therapy and therapy is really tough, isn't it? You know, you come for one hour a week, that's nothing, is it, in the scope of our lives. And this means that, you know, CBT can be much more of a, a process and a, a daily journey that you can go on and, you know and difficulties that we experience with our thoughts or feelings we often want to just push away and ignore but actually when they, we bring them closer to us and look at them then we can you know really start to make some positive changes so yeah so the idea has grown and grown and grown really yeah and it's portable isn't it it's yes and i'm aware of that being a therapist as well is that I've just got a small window to try and help somebody to try and help them learn something and then establish that as a new habit in their life outside the therapy room and it's yeah. it's a fascinating challenge I think yeah. and um, what you're describing here this CBT journal sounds like a, a way that somebody can embed that own practice themselves it sounds like you're giving people a structure a tool to do that yes yes because lots of the journals that are out there now just don't have kind of a structure or a framework which might be great and I you know I can see that people might really enjoy journaling want to take it on and just do it every day and not have the structure but I think to get started and I think if you want you're looking to make changes I think and you must get this where lots of people come to therapy and they say I don't they haven't got the clarity over what the situation is and this will hopefully provide clarity and awareness and, and give you a sense of you're doing something, you know, that you're in control rather than professionals kind of coming in, giving the fixes, which often there's, they're not the quick fixes are not out there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So where can people go to get, uh, to get hold of this, to find out more about this CBT journal? Um, well, it's on my website, um, so you just need to go to sarahdreese.co.uk um, and there's, there is, I've done a mini journal, which um, if you sign up, you, um, you can get a copy of that. So you can do a test, a taster, it kind of gives a bit of the framework and has a, a mini journal for just four days. So you can kind of see if it's right for you and if it is, then you can go on and do the CBT journal. So, you know, you don't have to go straight to the, the CBT journal if you don't want to, if you're quite new to this idea, but it sounds like something you might be interested in. You can have a look at the mini journal. What, what came, why did you come up with the mini journal? Were you anticipating that kind of might be a smaller step that's a bit easier to take? Yes, yeah. And to just give people a taster. I think it's quite, um, I think journaling's not, lots of people know about that, but combining it with CBT is quite, quite a new concept really so um and lots of people come to my website that are very new to cbt they don't know much about it or they've um, been told that it's good and they've googled cbt and they just want to know that bit more so i thought it's like a stepping stone fantastic further yeah, yeah. sounds like you've got uh You've got a couple of ways of, of people kind of getting started on this, depending on kind of where they're at. Yeah, yeah, and where they want to go with it. Yeah, so hopefully it's kind of valuable for people. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
That's great, Sarah. I mean, it's been really great talking to you. I really appreciate you, you coming on the show and, and sharing with us something of your, your personal experience and, and how you got into CBT journaling. And, um, and it sounds like a great product that you've got out there now. Thank you is very it, much. Is it available now for people? Um, it's available from the 15th of September. So... Yeah, I'm not sure when this is going out, but it's you can sign up now to kind of get on the list so that you'll be alerted as soon as it it's out there. It's just being having a bit more design work to it. So, well, people listening will hopefully have heard this interview kind of in before or around the time that that's kind of due uh, for release as well. So, um, I think people can sign up to sort of get notified when it actually does launch as well. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so you can put your name down and then you'll get the, the email letting you know on the day. Great. And um, is that the best place people would go to if they want to get in contact with you, Sarah? Um, yes, my website, so sarahdreese.co.uk and all my social media links are on there. I suppose um, I'm most active on Instagram at the moment, so that's, that's where I am. But yeah, my websites, I've got all my blogs on and, and links to all my social media channels on there. I shall have to check out your Instagram. I don't see many therapists using Instagram. Oh, it's, there's a big community of us out on Instagram. Oh, is there? Yes, oh, right. there is. Yeah, you'll have to come over. I will, yeah. I'm very addictive though. I warn you now, it'll, it's a bit of a rabbit hole once you start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Um, thanks for joining me today, Sarah. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Jim. Bye. Bye.